listening to Her Body on Body IOFM, the women's source for optimal health and lifelong performance, with your host, Alex Navarro. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Her Body, brought to you by Body IOFM. I am your host, Alex Navarro, and today I'm actually flying solo. It's something that I've wanted to do for quite some time, but for a few reasons, didn't quite get the nerve to do it. I kind of feel like I need a co-host to keep me on track, ask me the right questions. I tend to meander a little bit, but I figured I've been putting off some of these topics for a while in anticipation of finding the right guest to bring on in order to help me sort of steer the the episode but I figured I'd just wing it and see how it goes so apologies in advance if I do meander a bit I will try my best to stay on track and what I wanted to talk about today well I have a few episodes that I wanted to do on my own but the first I feel like should be a little bit more about me personally um some past stuff, some history that I could share, a lot of which I've sort of hinted at in past episodes here and there. And something that, well, I feel like I've not struggled with, well, I did struggle with it. I've dealt with a lot the past year and a half, a year and nine months-ish almost, is a lot of the psychological, emotional side of working out and eating. Because usually when I talk about either of those things on the show, I'm talking about them in a very like pragmatic, practical way, which is how I generally work best is having a plan, having some structure, you know, having goals that are very laid out in a very straightforward way that I can apply in my life. And I feel like it makes sense for me to share some of, well, what I've more recently figured out as some of my tendencies, um, how I use exercise and food, how they've worked for me in the past and how because of that I incorporate them into my life now and then therefore the struggles that I have been faced with more recently in being pregnant and having a child. So what I'm going to start off with is a little bit of my past in terms of both exercise and food. And I've mentioned a few of these before just in passing on past episodes, but when it comes to food, for the most part, I've never had issues with food. Um, I didn't have emotional ties to food. I didn't use food for anything beyond fueling myself. So I pretty much have had a good relationship with food. I wasn't around disordered eating. You know, I didn't see my mom or my siblings or my my dad sort of use food in any other way besides just to eat what we enjoyed eating we did eat quote-unquote healthy I will say back then you know we ate a lot of brown rice and whole wheat products which I hated growing up we didn't have a lot of treats Uh, if we had things like ice cream it was a special occasion so I think in that regard I, I did develop a good relationship with food and sort of how to utilize it I was always hungry. I was always active though. So I did have a big appetite growing up. uh, So much so that in high school, a friend's parent, friend's dad, just never understood how I could eat so much food. And he actually asked me one day if I had been to the doctor recently because he's, he's like, I swear you have a tapeworm or something because you put an obscene amount of food down and you stay really, really tiny. What's going on? Something must be wrong. And I just have a very fast metabolism and I utilize all of the energy that I eat because I move a lot. So just a funny side story. So when it comes to food, always pretty much had a good relationship with it. It actually wasn't until I started competing that I developed some disordered patterns, which I've shared on the show before, and I'm not really going to get into that right now. But one thing that I haven't really talked too much about is how I used and in some cases abused exercise when I was growing up. And obviously this wasn't something that I was in tune with when I was younger because, you know, what 10-year-old is going to put that together? But it is something in more recent years that I have seen 
or at least put together that relationship and how I used it so much, what it meant for me, how, how I made it work for my life. And ultimately, exercise is my stress relief. It's my therapy. It's how I quote unquote deal or manage things that are hard for me. Um, and I'm saying quote unquote <laughs> manage and work for me because ultimately I was using it to distract myself so that I didn't have to deal with the issues that were going on. But we'll talk about that a little bit more in a little bit. Um, but what's interesting is in the past, I would say five or so years, I did a lot of work on myself. I sought some counseling. I did a lot of journaling, a lot of introspective work to see just what my tendencies were, um, how I could want to say manage them but I wanted to just get my get to know myself on a much deeper level which involved looking at things from my past that were very uncomfortable to see because of those what tendencies I developed what techniques did I develop to manage those and to deal with you know the everyday life's stresses and ups and downs and things like that so what I put together is that I use exercise greatly for stress relief. And I can pretty much pinpoint any difficult time in my life growing up to intense exercise or activity. And obviously, when I was younger, I didn't refer to it as exercise. It was a very fun activity because I enjoyed doing it. But interestingly enough, there were parts that I didn't enjoy. So when I was five and six-ish, is when my parents got divorced, which is obviously anybody who was from a divorced family, it's, it's a challenging time for a child. And that's when I decided to join the elite gymnastics team. So I was already in gymnastics. It's something I enjoy doing. I was good at it because I fully committed myself to it. And that's when I decided to commit even further and join the elite team and commit you know, three to four hours a day of practice which meant that I was at the gym all the time. If I wasn't at school, I was at the gym. And most days I didn't get home till 8 or 9 at night, which was fine for me. I liked that. I looked forward to going to the gym, and I did not like leaving. And I used that for a really long time. And it wasn't until I actually got injured, not from gymnastics, from something else, unfortunately, that that wasn't working for me because I couldn't exercise. I couldn't do exercise. I couldn't participate in gymnastics anymore. So it was tough. And then jump forward a few years. I did a little exercise, a little activity here and there, but I didn't commit to anything seriously for the rest of middle school, I believe. And then in high school, uh, my dad had moved away and my mom was going through a very challenging time, which meant that I was going through a challenging time. And the best way to deal with that was to not deal with it. So I joined the wrestling team. And that was difficult for a lot of reasons, um, one of which I've shared on past episodes with my very good friend, Jessica Philippus, who's also a female wrestler. And we wrestled, funny enough, at the same age, uh, just you know, maybe 60 miles away from each other and never knew it. Um, but at the time, at, at that age, at that that year, it was uh, female wrestling was not a thing. And I got a lot of backlash for it, which is a story for another time. But what was interesting about that is I, I remember people asking me why I did that. And my response was always that I wanted a really hard workout. I wanted the most intense workout that I could possibly get. And I don't have the coordination skills to do other traditional sports like basketball and softball and soccer. I just I don't like running. So <laughs> none of the other like traditional girls sports was would do it for me. So I chose wrestling. And it was hard. And it was hard not only physically demanding. It's I mean, the conditioning that they do is really intense. I mean, these were also three-hour workouts every day. Um, and they also required tournaments on the weekends, like long tournaments where you'd be gone like all day long. Sometimes you would 
have to stay overnight because they were out of town. And I welcomed that. I welcomed any opportunity that I could have to not be at home. I also really liked the structure of it. Um, that's just my nature. I like having goals. I like having plans in place. It it helped me stay on track with school. I was able to accomplish a lot more by not facing any of the sort of family emotional struggles that were going on. And, you know, in retrospect, obviously, that was probably not the best approach. But it worked for me at the time. And I didn't have to talk about what was going on. I could just kind of ignore it, pretend like it wasn't happening, and justify what I was doing, wrestling, exercising a lot, uh, as something that I enjoy doing, which I did. But I also hated the competition component of it. I didn't look forward to that. I didn't like doing the tournaments. I loved the working out. I loved the sort of mindless, put your body through this grueling process, which made me feel 100% better, but not at the same time. And that worked for me for the most part for a few years. And then when I graduated high school and went off to college, I wasn't good enough at any sport to, you know, participate in that in college. But during that time, it wasn't, life was a little bit easier. There weren't as many struggles. It was definitely hard, you know, moving away from home, going to college, doing all of the, that, that transitional stuff. But I still worked out. I joined a gym. I had some baby weights that my mom gave me, her pink baby weights and ankle weights with her Jane Fonda videos that I would do in my room. And that worked for me for the most part. Again, it just it kept me active. I, I love moving my body. I'm a mover. I feel best when I do that. I think I'm I'm better when I am able to move and express myself in that way. So I kept that up for a long time. And then flash forward towards the end of college when I was already working full time, putting myself through school, taking an obscene amount of units. <laughs> my mom went through another hard time. And it was a harder time than the first time. And I wasn't around as much for that because I wasn't living at home, but I was still very much a part of it. And it was a really big struggle emotionally, mentally, psychologically hard, very hard. And so I did the most logical thing I could think of and that is to start competing. I was like, well, I don't have enough things to do, enough things on my plate. So why don't we add competing for the very first time, doing this thing called bikini that like nobody ever knows, nobody's ever heard of. <laughs> very few people do, but it involves working out a lot and putting your body through this intense, rigorous, structured program and to have it change in a great, awesome way, perhaps. <laughs> um, and like I said, it, it seemed like a good idea at the time. And I figured, oh, I'll do it this one time, see how it goes. And it was very addicting. It was addicting in a lot of ways. Um, again, it gave me that structure that I thrived off of. It took me away from having to deal with some of the family issues that I didn't want to deal with or talk about or didn't feel like I could talk about with a lot of people. So something I hid behind for sure. And while I 100% made it work for me, doesn't mean that it was the best approach, but I definitely made it work for me. And it worked for me for a very long time. I competed for seven years and spent a lot of money and a lot of time competing. And while I don't regret any of it, it, it taught me a lot about myself. It taught me a lot about setting goals and being committed and learning about food and different styles of training. I mean, obviously wouldn't be talking to you here today if I didn't do all of those things. So I don't regret any of them. They taught me a lot, all of which I'm happy and thrilled to be able to share with you guys. But it is interesting to look back and think about what my mind was going through at that time, what I chose to ignore in my body and my mind in order to, you know, accomplish said goal. Um, and 
I've talked about this before on the show also, but when I'm committed to something, I'm usually very committed to it. It's, sometimes it can be hard to make the commitment <laughs> because I know that once I'm committed, I'm committed to doing it. But I did ac- accomplish a lot during that time, which was great, um, an awesome experience. And then I took a break because I didn't feel like it was serving me anymore. And what I learned from that also is, well, when I realized that I wanted to start doing work on myself, I realized that I needed to take a step back from exercising in that way. And that's one of the reasons that I stopped competing. I don't know if I'm done forever, but I've been done for quite a while now. It's been six years, I think, coming up this August that I haven't competed and which seems like a lifetime ago, and it's a very different scene nowadays than it was back then when I was doing it, which is kind of sad into what it's developed into, but an, another story for another time. <laughs> so once I started doing the introspective work and just getting to know myself a little bit better, and like I said, going through a little bit of counseling and just having someone to talk to with you know, an outside ear, um, their own experiences, their own views on things, their own insight, um, an input that they can share, even just someone to ask you the right questions, which is kind of why I was thinking I needed a guest to be on this show with me to help me dig a little bit deeper because it's it's hard to do that yourself sometimes. But during that time, again, I just I, I learned a lot about myself and I wanted so much at that point to get to know myself on such a level that I could be the wholest person that I possibly could for myself, for my husband, and for our future children. And I knew that I wanted to have kids, and I wanted to be that whole person for this new person that I was hoping to bring into the world. And this kind of goes back to my relationship with my mom and the things that I dealt with back then, and I didn't want to burden my child, (laughs) my future child. So that's part of why I did so much work on myself. And again, just just a motivator that I had. So when it came time to get pregnant, uh, I was excited and nervous because I knew that this was going to be a whole new chapter and I was going to have to look at myself and why I do things in a whole new way, which I welcomed because I I do like challenges. And as long as I'm prepared for them, I don't like (laughs) curveballs, but they happen, which I'll talk about a little bit more in a little bit. So what was interesting is having said what all that I said and how I used exercise and it managed my stress and I was able to deal with things by exercising, sort of always my outlet. If I felt bad, I could go on a walk, I could hit the gym, I could hit it hard. I always felt better until I got pregnant. I had no energy at the beginning. I was tired all the time. All I wanted to do was sleep, which I knew was probably going to happen, but it was mentally challenging. It's that, especially at the beginning of the pregnancy, like anybody who's been pregnant, it's an emotional roller coaster. You've got like highs and lows. I mean, it's basically like you're PMSing to the max for the first several months and you're exhausted. Luckily, my appetite wasn't too extreme. Um, so I didn't get carried away with the food, which is good, but I also don't have food issues. So maybe that's why. <laughs> and that was an interesting challenge because I did face a lot of mental, emotional roadblocks. I would feel down sometimes, like maybe I'm not ready for this. I would worry about the future. How am I going to do this? What am I going to do about my business? What's going to change? Body image stuff did come up as I started, as my body started to change. But even then, I would have moments of highs and lows. I would be super excited one day, like my body feels great. I'm growing this person. I feel good. My bodies are amazing and awesome. Can't wait to see how this turns out. And then other days, you're tired. You're, you hold weird water weight in strange ways during pregnancy. And so you just kind of feel bleh some days. But I feel like that's the case with most people, most women, throughout their normal monthly cycles. We go through all of these things. And luckily, I was, again, in a good place to where I could have those feelings, feel them, let them go. So all of these fleeting 
excuse me, all of these feelings were fleeting. They would come and go. And I just had to allow myself to just express them and feel them when they came up, which worked. What was hard was not being able to physically do the things that I wanted to do. And again, I knew this going in. My body's going to change. I shouldn't do certain things. So it was just internal conversations that I had to have with myself often around this is appropriate for you right now. This is how you're feeling today. Yes, maybe you had a plan to do X, Y, and Z workout and now you're tired and we're just going to go on a walk. So having allowing myself that flexibility to do what I could on any given day helped. And I also had to use other outlets to, to manage whatever I was feeling. And that was between writing a lot, which I, I'm a big fan of journaling. That was very helpful because you do kind of have crazy all over the place thoughts. And it was helpful just to get them out and put them down and have that sort of vent <laughs> that you could use. And long walks were great. And if talk about walks all the time on the show. I love them, use them. I continue to use them now. Such an easy, convenient go-to. You go outside and you walk. Simple as that. And I always felt good, do, felt good doing that. I could be introspective. I could you know, think about what I needed to think about and sort of leave it outside, which was great. That was how I thought about my walks. It was like, as I'm walking, I'm thinking these thoughts, good or bad, and they're going out of me and I'm leaving them on the street. <laughs> and that worked. But it was still hard. And luckily, the rest of my pregnancy was manageable, very smooth. I mean, I honestly, I had a very easy pregnancy. And I know a lot of people don't. And I feel very fortunate for that. I'm not complaining. I complained a little bit here and there. But overall, like, it was very smooth. No aches and pains. Manageable. I didn't get sick. It was easy for the most part. Knock on wood. Easy. Hopefully the next one will be. But people say... They usually, if the first one is, the second one isn't. So we'll see how that goes. Not that I'm planning or anything. FYI. <laughs> then came the postpartum journey, which I'm still on. I'm almost a year into it. Our little guy turns one in a couple of weeks, which is insane to think about that it's gone by this fast. And it has been like a crazy roller coaster ride. I mean... I thought I had been on a roller coaster ride before. Not even close. That was like a scenic cruise along the beach compared to what the first year is like postpartum. Holy moly. Um, again, I had an idea, <laughs> but you, you don't really know until you do it. And then you're like, shit, it's a lot. It's a lot. I mean, mom's out there. I applaud you. You're amazing and wonderful. And you deserve everything, crown, awards, <laughs> massages every day. Um, so what was the hardest part, I think, at the beginning of the postpartum was not being able to use exercise as my outlet. And it was so hard to like emotionally tap into what you were, what I was feeling because you're in this like a jet lagged state for months, you know, you're exhausted, you're not sleeping very much, you're getting, I mean, I was at the beginning, I was feeding on demand. So, you know, anytime he was hungry, I was awake and feeding, which could be every one to three hours. So if I got a long stretch, it might have been three hours at the most of sleep. And therefore, I would sleep whenever I could. And so most days, I didn't know what day it was, I didn't know what time it was. I either knew that it was light outside or it was dark outside. <laughs> and, you know, which is pretty normal. Totally normal. But that also meant that even though I physically was okay to exercise, I was exhausted to the point that exercise didn't make sense. So, again, I did utilize my walks, which was great. It got me out of the house. It got me to put normal clothes on. And you know, just move my body. I did a lot of the belly pumps and a lot of pelvic floor work, which luckily is like easy to do for the most part. I could sit 
and nurse and pump and be doing them. It doesn't look like I'm exercising at all. So I was proactive in that way because I knew that that was important and I knew that that was a priority over doing any other kind of exercise and it really paid off. Um, but it was tough and the emotion, the emotional roller coaster that you go on at the beginning of pregnancy is like 10 times worse afterwards, like crazy intense afterwards. The, the highs and the lows are far more extreme and, and, and abrupt almost. It's like, you could be like super, super happy and then start crying for no reason at all. And that's kind of normal. And then you just cry and you feel better. But then I think I talked about the crying on one of my postpartum sort of the the last trimester, how I dealt with food and and training and whatnot. But I, I think I left out a lot of the emotional, psychological mindset stuff, which I'm going to get into a little bit more now. And besides or beyond knowing that I couldn't exercise the way that I wanted to, there were a lot of body image issues that came up. I'm going to say issues, body image, thoughts, good and bad. Again, I'd have great days where I was felt great. My, my stomach's really flat considering I just had a baby. Granted, for those of you who haven't listened to the past episodes, baby came a month early. So I missed out on the really big stage of pregnancy, which I'm kind of grateful for. Um, he was fine being early too for those wondering. Um, but I feel like because I missed that big, the biggest stage of pregnancy, I, I probably bounce back faster than I would have. So I'll be curious to see what second pregnancy down the road in the future is like. But like I said, my, my stomach was pretty flat and I did see some ab definition. I kept, again, I kept up with a lot of my core and pelvic floor work during my pregnancy, even when I wasn't super, super exercising, which obviously paid off a lot. So I'd have moments where I'd look at myself and think, wow, like, you just had a baby. This is fantastic. This is like way better than we thought it was going to be. Awesome. You don't have nearly as much work as you thought that you did. This is great. You're bouncing back just like you hoped you would, just like you wanted to prove that you would. And then I would have days where I would put... (laughs) things on other than leggings and realized that I don't have the body that I had before and I don't feel the way that I felt before. Things are still a little squishier. Um, certain things were definitely bigger. I mean, your your boobs are like out of control. Uh, I gained a lot of muscle in my booty because I was doing a lot of booty work and core work during the pregnancy to help make sure I didn't have any back aches, which I didn't. Uh, but that also means that I couldn't wear any of my jeans. And which, you know, again, was just a reminder to myself, like, hey, you grew some glutes. This is a good thing. But I also didn't want to buy new clothes. You know, I don't have money to go buy new clothes. And I knew that I was probably going to get back to closer to where I was before baby. So it was just an up and down constant battle of like, I feel really, really good. Oh, I feel terrible. I look terrible. Oh, I look great. You know, and, and also seeing people and having people comment on how you look is kind of messed up. Like it really gets into your head. It's, it's great to hear when someone says like, wow, you look so great. You just had a baby. And But then you also, that reinforces the pressure that you're already putting on yourself to like look really good after you just had a baby, Uh, especially being, you know, doing what I do professionally. And while I know that you guys don't put pressure on me to bounce back and look a certain way, I definitely do to myself, regardless of how much I fight that and how much I talk about that not being necessary, it's hard. It's hard being on social media and seeing all of the moms bounce back and being a fitness professional and people looking to you to guide them to do just that. And it was hard. It's really hard. Um, So there was that sort of mental awareness that I had around 
this external internal pressure that I was putting on myself and external pressure wasn't really there, but I kept telling myself that it was, it was just, it was a a challenging time. And at the same time, you can't just think about yourself because, well, you have this new person here and this, this being that you're responsible for, that you're providing for that you're feeding and so it's not just what my needs are in fact my needs were generally the very last thought and which I told myself at the beginning I wasn't going to allow that to happen but it does and the mom guilt is real and intense and it's it's just a very interesting process that you go through which I know all the moms I appreciate you again I support you I understand what you're going through it's a real thing. The struggle is real. And it became a, a battle between, okay, I have to manage what I'm feeling. I have to manage these expectations that I have on myself. And I have to manage this person that I'm taking care of. And they're amazing and wonderful. And I want to give them every ounce of myself, my commitment, my love, you know, everything I can give to this person who I brought into this world. Um, but that also means I need to be my best self in order to do that. And that internal conflict was, and still is, really strong. And I, I battled with it a lot. And it was hard to explain. I could really only explain it to other moms because even though before I had him, I would understand where moms would come from in explaining that struggle. But I didn't really actually understand until now. So I get it. And I can only imagine what that's going to continue to be like as he grows up. So we'll, we'll, we'll do a check-in in that area in like a couple of years. Okay, don't let me forget. But the body changes and the body image stuff was challenging. And it was almost like, okay, I know what to do with food. I know what to do with exercise. But now I'm in this new body that's going continuing to go through changes because the hormones are doing their thing which were crazy and intense I'm providing food for somebody else and so I can't just eat based off of how I ate before because my needs are completely different and there were days where I had I questioned everything that I was doing I was like I don't know what I'm doing I don't know how I should eat I don't know how I'm supposed to be feeling am I hungry because I need to make more milk for him. Am I hungry because I'm tired? Am I hungry because I exercised too much or not enough? Like, what am I feeling? Why am I feeling it? It was just a lot to think about. And so those were days where I had to just go on a long walk, take a step back and be like, no, you know what you're doing. We just have to sit down and think about this. Maybe we need a plan because I do, again, thrive off of having a little bit of structure and a little bit of a plan. And for the most part, I ate really intuitively. I did listen to my body. But again, there were days where I was like, I don't know what I'm feeling, because I'm feeling 100 different things at the same time. And it's very confusing. But I did pretty damn good considering all of that was going on. And with the exercise part, again, like it was at that, I would say around the six month mark is where I started to get a groove. I start. We started. We had a routine at that point. Like baby was on a sleep schedule and an eat schedule, which made my life like a hundred times easier because I could plan other things. Because I'm a planner and I really need structure, which is why those first three and four months were quite challenging. And when it came time to exercise, now that I could schedule it in that I, I I got a hold of what my like nutritional needs were that did throw things off every time I exercised it threw something off and I was by no means exercising intensely like at all I was doing two three sessions a week maybe a little bit of like you know random things at home sometimes but nothing beyond my means nothing super intense and it was really just a like be in my body, get in there, feel it out because it was a new body and it was hard not to put expectations on myself around the physical activity. 
if anybody of you you've seen my Instagram before, like you know that I can do like tricks and, and handstand stuff and flip around. And I so badly wanted to do all of those things again. But I had to remember what my body just went through. And the process to get back to that point is, well, still happening <laughs> to this day. Um, I'm close. I'm really close. But it was far more work, far more tedious work that I didn't want to do than I thought. I wanted to get a hard workout in because I didn't have much time. I was trying to accomplish goals. And then I would go into the gym and realize that my body was not prepared to do any of those things. So then I would get frustrated and I would meander. I had for months, I had no plan, no structure. I would like be on my way to the gym and think about what should I do today? Maybe I'll do this. Maybe I'll do that. And I also struggled between I should really do all of these corrective mobility exercises and reconnect with this new body. But also, I really want a good pump. And I want my arms to look good. So I'm just going to do some shoulder presses. You know, I, I went back and forth between that like every time I went to the gym for months. And to be honest, like I didn't accomplish very much at all, which was frustrating. Yeah, my body changed because I know how to aesthetically make things change because I resorted back to what I did before, like a long, long time ago, like competing days. But when it came time to do gymnastic stuff, I realized I was not prepared to do any of the stuff. And it was hard and it was tedious and it did throw off my nutritional needs greatly to where at the end of the day, it made me more frustrated than not. So around the six-month mark, six-month postpartum, we went on a vacation. And it was the first time that I needed to pack because this was in February. So I had basically gone through the whole winter, you know, wearing leggings and sweaters and things like that. <laughs> to where, again, I looked pretty good. I looked pretty good. I could meet somebody brand new and they would have no idea that I just had a baby. But my own pressure on myself was my expectations were not met. So I, I'm, I'm packing for this vacation and, and we're going to Hawaii and I'm packing, you know, bikinis and like hot weather clothes. And I'm going through this box of my summer clothes and I'm realizing I don't I can't fit in any of them. I mean, some of them are stretchy so I can kind of fit, but like not comfortably fit. I'm not feeling good in any of the clothes by any means. And that was really my like sort of reality check around, okay, we got to get it together. Like we're, we're just, we're, we're pacing around, we're, we're meandering, we're not getting, we're not actually getting anything done. We need to be a little bit pro more proactive about this. So I... Literally ate whatever I wanted for them. I backloaded. I didn't eat carbs in the morning still because it just doesn't make me feel good. But I had carbs every day for seven days. Um, I did not go crazy, but I definitely enjoyed myself. And then on the plane ride home, I was like, this is my chance. We're going to get it together. <laughs> I totally gave myself a pep talk. I put together a workout plan, a very like very structured, very flexible workout plan that gave me goals to work towards, but also allowed me to make it work during, you know, with whatever I, else I had going on, however I was feeling, however much sleep I had. And it was very flexible. So I gave myself three total body lifting days that I could alternate between. So if one week I only got one done, that was fine. And then I made three body weight, more gymnastics-based workouts that I could do at home that I didn't need equipment for which is a great thing to have because then I didn't feel obligated to go to the gym I didn't have to go anywhere I could do it anytime I had the opportunity I had one really short one and then I had two longer ones that I again I could alternate between but that if I were to even get like half of those workouts done in a week or two I would at least be working towards some of the goals that I had set for myself and I was very realistic with myself around the goals that I w was setting. And I would say now that I'm only a few weeks away from his first birthday, the only goal that I probably am not going to hit 
is being able to flip around. He really wanted to flip around by his first birthday, but I'm just not ready for that. (laughs) So maybe I'll give myself a few more months. But everything else I feel like I've gotten really, really close to, and I'm happy with the progress that I made. Um, Just to give you an example, I loved being able to do body weight dips before and I could like easily bust out like 10, 15 body weight dips, no problem before I was pregnant. During the pregnancy, obviously, as I gained weight, I could do fewer and fewer (laughs) body weight dips. Postpartum, I remember trying to do one and being astonished that I could not push myself back up. Granted, I was, and just just so you all know, I am still 10 pounds heavier than I was pre-pregnancy. So I'm actually the same exact weight that I was on my one-month checkup with the doctor postpartum. So I had lost most of the baby weight except for 10 pounds, and I'm still carrying that today. I do think a lot of it is muscle because I can see it. I can feel it. I just haven't, up until more recently, haven't been able to access that muscle, that strength. Um, Again, I just needed to do a lot of prep work. And very happy to announce last so it was two days ago I tried some body weight dips again and I've been really working on them for the past few months I got seven which like felt easy all of a sudden which was amazing and exciting so I'm getting close (laughs) um and just for those of you who are wondering on the nutritional side I am still and have been pretty much doing carbonate I'll throw in a backload here and there when I need to or I'll throw in some post-workout carbs if I need to but again my workouts have been not frequent even if they are intense they are not frequent enough for me to need more than a carbonate um it's also eating that way is much easier for me to manage with everything else that I have going on but just a really quick back track on the mindset part of that process is there were still a lot of body image things that came up and just during that process, not only with, you know, trying to do certain moves, certain exercises and realizing that my strength isn't there, like I'm physically incapable of doing this pretty easy move or that it used to be easy for me. It was mentally challenging and frustrating and I really just had to like let my ego check it out the door because trying to carry that around with you at the gym when you're like not capable of doing the things that you used to be able to do, you're just setting yourself up for failure pretty much and beating yourself up afterwards because your expectations were unreasonable. So it was – so not only was it challenging – to physically not be able to do certain things but it was challenging to like say touch my arm and it not feel like the arm and this might sound weird to some people to feel your arm and not recognize what you're feeling because it feels different than it felt before especially having come from that physique competition background and mindset and you know this is how you look all the time and getting so comfortable with looking that way and feeling how your body feels and walking around with that and then to either look down or touch yourself and it feel different it's like that's not my arm has anybody else felt that it's such a weird feeling to think that and to feel that and to sort of like snap out of it and be like, no, it is. And it's because it's a different body and it did this amazing thing and you have to give yourself credit for that and and totally embrace it and accept it for what it is. And, you know, it's I think a conversation that comes up a lot in the like fitness aesthetic community is the challenge between loving and accepting yourself for how you are but also wanting to change it because some people think that if you want to change it it's because you're not loving it and while I don't think those are mutually exclusive it's it's a really strange internal conversation 
It really is. And what ultimately it came down for me is knowing what I'm comfortable with, knowing who I feel most myself as, and getting to that point. And that's not to say that I'm not loving myself, that I'm not accepting of where I am, but I know where I where I am my best, both physically, emotionally, and that's my goal is to get there again. And obviously it's going to still be different. It's going to be a new body. But appreciating again the journey that it's gone through, accepting it for what is still challenging, what I am not able to do, what I'm not able to wear in terms of clothes because, again, I'm still 10 pounds heavier, um, which, funny enough, my husband loves and wants me to keep. He told me that in the pregnancy when I had gained the, the initial 10 pounds. He was like, you should just keep that because I like it. He's like, you were too small before, which does make me feel great, and I love him for that. Um, <laughs> but it's still it's still an adjustment. And I think it's something that all of us need to consider at various times in our life, at various stages of our life, because circumstances are going to change. Your body's going to be different. We're getting older. Um, and getting older does by no means mean that you can't do as much. In fact, I know a lot of older people who have completely transformed their bodies and their lives by incorporating physical activity. And I think if you're using it in the appropriate way and you're not using it um, as an escape, which I used it in that way for so long, and you're using it in a healthy way, do it. Like if that's what's going to make you feel your best and feel like you and feel strong and, and capable, like do it. Whatever activity that might be. And as long as you're doing it with, you're not doing it in it with ego driving you. You're not doing it by chasing a number. Because yes, I do get on the scale sometimes, purely out of curiosity. Purely out of curiosity. Um, I do love the way that I look. I can almost fit in all of my clothes again, which is interesting. Still 10 pounds heavier. My body has changed. Um, I would actually like to do a DEXA one of these days, just again, out of curiosity, because I'm 10 pounds heavier, but I do look leaner than I did, say, six months ago when I initially set these new goals for myself. And I'm just, I'm happy to, and proud of myself, actually. I should say it. I should say it. I'm proud of myself. You guys should say it too, because I don't do that like ever. <laughs> So I'm going to say it now. I'm proud of myself for being conscious enough to, A, have this conversation with you guys because it's been on my mind for a while and I've wanted to talk about it and address it. So thank you for listening. Um, and it's something that I tell other people to do all the time, so I should probably take my own advice. But again, new situations arise and, and you sort of get caught off guard and that's okay as long as you get it together talk to who you need to talk to maybe you call me I don't know maybe you call a friend um, have someone that you can talk to about this uh, whether it's yourself or not I think is super important and being smart and flexible and planning appropriately for what you want when you want it and what you have available to you because while I have my goal of like, this is what my goal is, I want to flip around, I want to do all of my tricks, um, I know what it's going to take for me to, to make that happen. And that is just not feasible right now. And I have to be okay with that. And so and I still like, you know, I still kind of holding on to it a little bit. Because <laughs> like, I just really like it. And it's really fun. And I, I want to be able to do it. And I will be able to do it. But I have to let go of my expectations around when that's going to happen and the process that, that it's going to take for me to get there. So I would say any takeaways from today, because <laughs> I kind of, maybe I did meander a little bit, um, is you know, exercise, dieting, all of this is mentally taxing. 
psychologically demanding. There's a lot of stuff that internal conversations that are going to go on and you just have to allow them to happen. And you have to be able to check yourself when they're going too far one direction or another. They can go too far in either direction. And it's okay if that happens every once in a while as long as you rein yourself back in. And I've been practicing a lot reining that back in and I feel like I'm collect I have collected so many more tools for my toolbox in this past year than I had before like I thought I had a very complete toolbox before I did not I had the toolbox that was appropriate for my life before but like now I have like a mom toolbox like mom hashtag mom life toolbox <laughs> that I think every mom should have um so it's, it's all about just that awareness in yourself and where you're at right now, what your needs are, and being very realistic about setting those goals. So I'm going to leave it at that before I rant on anymore. Um, I hope this was insightful in some way, and I hope this gives you a little bit more of a glimpse into who I am and um, why exercise has, has been such a part of my life and why I accomplished all the things that I did before, how I utilized it both in an healthy and partially unhealthy way. Um, and maybe that, you know, shine some light onto somebody out there who is perhaps utilizing it in a similar way. I hope. We'll see. Let me know. Um, I love to hear from you guys, comments, questions, thoughts. If this episode sparks um, a future conversation, uh, please let me know. I would love to talk about it and if you liked hearing this like personal <laughs> I'm on my own conversation and you want more of them please share because uh, I was very nervous to have this conversation by myself so I hope it was well received and thank you guys so much I appreciate everyone always listening in and and being so supportive so thank you guys for listening to another episode of Her Body and I will catch you guys next time bye You've been listening to Her Body on Body IOFM with your host, Alex Navarro. And if you'd like to hear more, log on to body.io. We'll be back next time with more information about women's health and performance.